The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're back. Spin the rally pod, your rally fix in times of lockdown. We're going to give you the lowdown of what's happening in the world at the moment, as in terms of rally. I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, the rally fan, and joining me from their isolation in different parts of the UK, we have former team boss George Donaldson, the voice of rally himself, Colin Clark, and Dirtfish senior writer David Evans. Good afternoon, boys. Afternoon, Lisa. Good afternoon, Lisa, guys. Now, when we were talking about what we were going to discuss in this episode of Spin the Rally Pod, we came up with uh, quite a long list, but we, we, we kind of cut it back a little bit. And we're going to start with the announcement uh, from Belgium today about the postponement of Rally Ypres. Now, I love Rally Ypres. I, I just think that of all the rallies that I've been to, it does feel like the one I've got closest to the cars on the stages. The one I've kind of almost been most scared at, but also most exhilarated by. And um, I do remember, Colin, and I think you were with me um, on this event when it was run. It was an IRC event. And uh, Freddie Loikes was coming towards the end of the stage that I was standing up. And a motorbike was driving towards him on the stage, which was terrifying me because I was like, no one told him there's a rally on. It was. And you know what? They found out who was riding that motorbike and it was actually a friend of Freddie's. It was it was a bizarre <laughs> it was a bizarre set of circumstances. And very fortunately in Ypres, at least as you well know, the stages are very open. So you can see for miles. So Freddie saw the motorbike in good time and, and, and nothing came off it. But you're quite right, it is a wonderful event. Always incredibly well supported. Uh, you know, the Belgian Rally Championship itself is a very, very strong championship. But, I, you know, for, for me, it's just, it's an indication of where we're going. I'm not a fan. Why aren't you a fan, Hang David? On. Hang that? on. What? Why, I'm not Why a fan. aren't you a fan? What, what is there not to be a fan of David <laughs> we've, Evans? We've talked about this a hundred times. And as much, and Mr. Alan Panas, if you're listening to this, I love you dearly. And you're a brilliant, brilliant man. But I'm just not a fan of your rally. Why? Why, say, David? It's straight, it's straight, straights and 90s and chips and mayonnaise. It's a bit boring. You've got to, you've got to, yep. you've got to figure out the right places to stand. There are some nice stages and there are some great places to stop that are well spectacular. But if you just go out into the country and stand in a field, it's ultimately yeah. the ultimate boring rally. That's it's absolute fantastic service nonsense. Park. Everybody's together outside the. Service park, blah blah. No, no, no. Straight nineties and chips and mayonnaise. Well, chips. You've got to be. I've been team manager winning on that. I think maybe four or five times. I'm not sure exactly how many. Uh, I've competed oh, on count. it once. I've competed on it once. I th- did I? Yeah, I think I did it once. Um, it is. It isn't the most exciting rally. That's that's a certainty. But but it's a it's a great event. It's very specific and it requires an incredible discipline. 
to win it, and not you know <laughs> it is very very disciplined approach. So wow. to, to win it, it just means you've got to be good on the brakes and and quick on the throttle out of the corners, George. Uh, it's not clean, clean. You've got to figure out more the conditions. Than that. If it, if it's I, wet, I, you have to go out slightly different. If it's dry, it's another way. So <laughs> I, I, I am... you can literally hear him. Clarky is revving, 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 and he's just yes. gone into stage mode, <laughs> and he's going to launch. Definitely full anti lag. Here we go. I am shocked and I am appalled. And the clutch is up. I am, He's away. I am He's away. absolutely appalled. I really genuinely am. It is without any question one of my... And into second. One of my favourite events on the calendar. I'll tell you why. You see, you guys are just purists. You're absolute purists. And you look at it, George, from a driver's, a team's point of view. Look at it from a fan's point of view. It's just... 36 oh, hours. You think I am, Colin? I'm a fan. Hours, I'm a fan. But it's 36 hours of non-stop rally fun, whether that's in the service park or on the stages, getting to the stages, in between the stages, in the Waffle House in Lunching. the evening. It's Colin, all fabulous. Some There's nothing not to like. There are some unbelievable rallies that, that you can go on. The circuit yes, of our yes, days. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Get, get yourself down into the Ardesh. I mean, there's even Tour of Flanders is another one. Uh, Haspengau. Haspengau. Incredibly gorgeous uh, stages George, to drive. George, drive. George, right. Haspengau. I have I have experience of Haspengau. I was there this year. I was at the stage end. It's a end. good event. It's, but you talk about, you know, Ypres being all straights and 90 lefts and 90 rights. There weren't even that many 90 lefts that and rights. That was me, Carl. Was that you? Sorry, David. Sorry, George. But Haspengau is exactly the same. But has, I enjoyed Haspengau because the weather made it exciting. But I, you know, whether whether or not we like Ypres, David, you clearly don't, and I, I don't get that. And George, you don't. I don't get that either. Um, but it's can't. It's not cancelled. It's postponed. And what do we make of postponements? Should they be postponing these events, or should we just be cancelling them and now, saying get on with things? Now, I was just going to explain uh, for people who are thinking, why are they banging on about Ypres? It shouldn't be happening until uh, June. But the Belgian authorities who run the rally have said because of the coronavirus outbreak and because it's continuing, it's impossible for them to organise the event, to actually go through and start setting up the safety changes. It's a similar story we're hearing from Ireland as well. The Ulster Rally has also been postponed for those reasons entirely. The preparations, are, they can't go and start making the preparations for these events. So they have decided to postpone, which obviously George and David aren't going to um, bemoan. But uh, for the sport <laughs> as a whole, you're right, Colin. Uh, there's, there's a lot happening in the world of sport in general that everybody's looking for that moment that we will be able to enjoy watching sport again, whether we are able to go and watch it or we have to watch it behind closed doors as such. But there's this backlog now where if an event can't run, people are looking for the next available date to, to have it happen. But logistically, that is going to be a nightmare. Well, you know, we've already seen that, David, haven't we? I think you wrote about it this morning in the World Championship. Uh, Rally of Portugal initially postponed, now cancelled this year because they can't make it work even in late November, David. Yeah, exactly. And if I could just say, actually, I was playing somewhat the devil's advocate on on Ypres. I knew that Clark and Colin would go mad. But it's not my favourite event, but I do absolutely love it at the same time. I love all rallies and the atmosphere in the service park, you're quite right. And, you know, I remember talking to Colin McRae when he first went and did it in a Group N Sierra uh, and and Colin said, you know, that he couldn't believe it. The first time he went there to do the recce, and I think it was an open recce, so you could recce as, as much as you wanted. 
he said that you know that you didn't need a roadbook to find your way through the stages because all of the junctions were at least four or five deep with spectators on the recce uh and you were encouraged absolutely flat out everywhere it was it was great so it is yeah it is a great it's great 36 hour event it's exactly the sort of template we should be looking at for events later in the year and that segued me neatly into what you just asked about cancelling events because or postponing events i think you're exactly right lisa you know I, there's a big part of it that thinks what is the point um of, of postponing these events and i've written a column that'll come up on dirtfish any day now about you know where are these events going to fit in you know because the the end of the second half of the year is is busy enough um and it's very very difficult we've got some ideas of running two-day events back-to-back events um this this kind of thing um and it's just not going to be easy i mean the the absolute curveball here is going to be places like new zealand and japan isn't it george because you know once you get the container ship involved things are gone for weeks okay admittedly not the cars um but it's still it complicates things doesn't it it does, and I mean, I'm 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 very conscious from an organizer's point of view. Uh, they postpone the event with the hope that they can run it later in the year. The the year-on-year investment to to run the event is massive, and they're dependent on the revenue of run from running the event to make the the event survive. None of these events are massively cash-rich with huge cash reserves. They run hand-to-mouth. Cancellation in in many cases will mean the end of that organization and possibly the end of that event. But that's also because of the fact that, that, that it's not just the event itself in its locale. It's the fact that people will travel and bring their tourism money into the events as well. I mean, I, I think it's the whole the whole organism. You know, the, 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 the events get money from the local tourist board, from the local you know industry boards uh, when they when they run. They, even if you've done matter if you've organised, if you cancel it two weeks beforehand, those 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 boards are not going to give you the cash because yeah. they've not they've not had their their income from it. So. Yeah, their their funding goes west, and a lot of them will have you know they've printed up road books. They'll have done a huge investment in infrastructure. Yeah. They'll have been to dozens of meetings. They'll be paying you know they'll be paying professional people to go and represent them within these boards and meetings. And, and you know you can't just run an event now easily. You've got to check for you know the the protection of the slugs crossing the road, the ants <laughs> where the spectators might stand, a bird might fly through a banner. So if you're regretting a banner more than more than 20 centimetres above the road, you've got to consult the RSPCA, you know, <laughs> B, sorry, um, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, it's tricky. I'm not, I'm not decrying any of these things. I'm just saying it's tricky and it's expensive. I think you're right, George. It's a it, huge expense. It's, it's the money, it's isn't it? That's why, they can't, that's, why that's why they're postponing, Colin. That's sure. Mm. What, what? It, it makes, makes sense to perhaps cancel at this point, but I think they can't. They've got to try, and it's a question of survival. If it gets cancelled... These events will suffer a massive loss. It might be that certain clerks of the courses or promoters, if, 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 if those events are lucky enough to have a promoter, they've maybe had to underwrite it themselves. Either a vast personal loss for a car club, which it might have to carry for years, and, and, mm. and that will also affect them running an event in the future because they just can't afford to do it. One of the uh, one of the other significant issues for these events, and I, I spoke to Kai Tarkinen from Finland yesterday, and uh, I asked, you know, is it possible to to postpone Finland? And and he said, yeah, you know, everything's possible. But really, this is one of the biggest issues for them is the the use of, of 
closed public roads. They they five months out, so in I don't know March time, they decided exactly where their route was going to go, uh, and they went along to every single house on that route and informed the local population of what was going on, what time the cars would be coming through on the recce and on the rally and all of that. Mm. And they've got agreement and buy-in from everybody for an event in August. They did that in the middle or the end of March. How do they then go and, and knock on all of those doors again and say, well, we might be coming in October, it might be November, it could be whenever. It's very, very difficult. And it's you know it would be a little bit easier for an event like Rally GB, which is obviously using a lot of, uh, what do they call it? It's not... Private Forestry Commission roads, yeah. now, Natural Resource yeah. Wales, whatever it's called, yeah. pr- essentially private land because um, mm. you can then just go in and, and crack on. But that's another significant issue is the fact that the route, once the route is set, mm. that's such a central part of the mm. whole infrastructure of the event. And, you know, you can't just lift these things up and move them. And, and you know, to even talk about chopping down a, a three-day event to a two-day event, I love the idea, but, you know, it's you, you're really going to, put a, a significant onus on the organizers of these events to do that yeah. and they're not all professional bodies it's not great for uh, um for for the teams either is it because effectively if you cut the event down like that and you pick up some kind of mechanical or minor faults then yeah. that's your rally over whereas when it's the normal duration then you know you do at least have a chance to come back under rally too well this this is it least and this brings up you know the next point of of what what are we going to call a championship this year? We've had three rounds. You know, it's possible we could, towards the end of the year, we could get three or four more. Is You know, is a six or a seven round championship enough? Uh, <coughs> you know, Tommy Mackinnon to told be, me it yesterday. It used to be eight. It used well, to be eight. Yeah, th- this is what Tommy said. And Tommy said, you know, don't forget that you look at um, WRC two and three and they're running six from seven or something. So, mm-hmm. okay, we could probably get away with seven, but what if we only get two more rallies? Well, David, you know, is a five-round championship fair enough? David, there isn't, as I understand it, certainly you had a look, I had a look, uh, couldn't find anything in the sporting regulations that gives us a minimum number no. of rallies required to actually then, uh, to, if you like, to validate a championship as a, as a world championship. So be corporate. So, yeah, well, guys, by the time we've done by the time we've done three events, we've definitely got a championship. Is that right, morally George? Speaking, I, I, think, I would. I, that's, there, there's the view from a team from from a lifelong rally fan and and uh, a team manager. I'm lucky enough to have been a driver. I've worked professionally in the sport. I've even worked unprofessionally as a journalist. <laughs> the, uh, so, but so that's not your favourite three, right. three events. Three events is a extension, George. Go I've got to say here, by yeah. extension, if we therefore have no more rallies this year, yeah. you're telling me that Sebastian Ogier's 2020 World Championship title is Absolutely. as worthwhile as Oiktanex from last year. Uh, it's different, but it's as worthwhile because yeah. do you tell me that people aren't? You know, there's, there's nobody sandbagging on the first couple of events, David. No, no, absolutely no, not. Categorically I, not. You know, this, you wouldn't, you would you couldn't take anything away from Sebastian Ogier if he's pronounced champion, champion in November, having done three events. You can't take. I mean, in fact, you can you can give him a hell of a lot because that was a really hard, hard, uh, hard fought position. I mean, any anyone anyone's position in there is hard one at the moment. I, I think it's yeah. I think it's 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 a absolutely it's a shortened championship it'll have a little asterisk next to it but it, it, but it is what about you know, this idea in the same way that george what about this idea Sorry, that i've heard i've heard you know it suggested that you know and we have to consider this that we don't get any more rounds in this year's championship i think that that's a real possibility at least in my view 50 50 
maybe even more in favour of no more rounds this championship. So should that be the case, what do we do with the three rounds? Do we do what you're suggesting, George, and declare Ogier champion? Or what about carrying those rounds over to next year? Because to be honest with you, next year is also going to be difficult. If we get 12, 13, 14 rounds in 2021, I think we'll be lucky. I genuinely think we'll be lucky. So what about carrying the first three rounds of this year? We start next year with the points that you finish this year on effectively. Is that a possible solution? Uh, no. Why not? Is everybody going to be in the same car? Are they going to be the same teams? Oh, do you take, yeah, do you take the points point, personally or... Yeah, well, that's, a very, that's, that's a very good point. Oh, that's, that's a really Cole's given very, us an awful lot of thought. That's a very good point. I, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Lise. I hadn't considered that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it wasn't me that suggested it. I'm just saying. But, yeah. Um, I, I can see the thinking in that, Colin. But yeah. I just, for me, you know, I Too just complex. can't see... I, I, I agree. I agree now. I agree yes. now. Yeah. Sebastian yeah. Ogier's already said he wants to retire yeah, exactly. at the end of this season. So if he goes, what do you do with those points? You know, it's yeah. It, yeah. It just it's a minefield. Yeah. And you know, whichever decision you come to, you can guarantee that one element within the stakeholders and the service part will disagree. Yeah. And then you'll get you know something that you think all of the teams will agree on, and then Hyundai will find fault with something that M Sport said, and Toyota will find fault with this. This it just. So, David, can I add something to controversial that? to this conversation? Go on. Can, oh, can, yes. I, can I turn yeah. myself into pariah for thousands of people? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering whether I should really say what I want to say. Do it. Go on. Okay, so it'll be, be less than a minute. It's a minute of statement here. It might be my last one. <laughs> the, uh, so, look, quite clearly, I mean, the world is slowly grinding to a stop here. If we don't get restarted... You know, in the next couple of months, it, it's a heck of a long, slow curve. Millions of people are losing their jobs everywhere. Uh, it is going to be a tough restart, even even in UK, which seems to have weathered some parts of the storm quite well. Germany incredibly well, but it's going to be tough. Governments have spent tens of billions of pounds supporting businesses and, and everything. It's all going to come back in the form of taxes, probably from you and me, mostly. Uh, and not businesses that are going to be paying that tax back. The world's going to get expensive and going to look for value. I think we need to look at a couple of things here. One is the team owners are always telling us shorten the events, it doesn't matter, two days is fine, it'll be cheaper, blah, 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 blah. Why don't we get rid of million pound rally cars? Why don't we get rid of the idea of half a million pound rally cars? Let's go back to our... our uh, are R5 cars. Okay, put a slightly bigger restrictor in it. All the manufacturers apart from Toyota have got one. Quite frankly, they made a world rally car in nine months. They can probably make an R5 car in, in seven months. Now, I know Tommy quite well. He'll probably hate me for this. Hopefully, he'll never hear these comments. Um, but let's just get the world simpler and cheaper. An R5 car with cooking on 400 horsepower is going to be Every bit as spectacular as a current world rally car. Maybe not just as fast. Nothing wrong with that. Get rid of all the special aero packages in them. Keep it very, very straightforward. Get rid... This is the time now to simplify everything. Get the cost right down. Just tear up what we've thought of so far. You've got the most unbelievable formula. R5 has been amazing. 
and it, I, it means we'd have 20 or 30 cars out there competing oh. against Ogier and Tanak, obviously with no chance of, of really, because they're not going to have the skill level, but they're going to have the right cars. So there's my piece. This is but a I, I agree chance with to that. do this. I agree with that, George. I can see absolutely on a philosophical level, I can, can see totally see that. Where do we go with hybrid? You know, I know that probably now is not the time for hybrid, but come if on, we David, you can do... you can easily dovetail it in. Just just put it in. Just okay. put hybrid into R five. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't keep it? Why just it? keep yeah. it simple. Use existing I, technology, George. I just have to say, make it easy. I have to say, but, George, that I, I've given quite a lot of thought to exactly what you've just suggested, uh, and I did talk to Tommy and to Richard Milner and to Adamo about this last week, and clearly, you know, there's an awful lot of self interest. There's an awful lot of protectionism goes on in anything that you yeah. hear from bosses. And they clearly want to, to, to maintain the status quo and, and push things forward in terms yeah. of the top level. But, George, something that's been going round and round in my head over the last few weeks, that I've actually been a little bit, like you, George, afraid to voice. But I'm going to voice it now here because it comes off the back of what you're saying. Should we be preparing, potentially, for a future with no manufacturer support? A bit like the IRC days. You know, should we be saying we have to come up with a formula that can effectively be run by importer teams and by privateer teams? Because there is every... No. Okay. But should we be considering it, David? No. Okay. Yes, of course we should. We should consider it, Carl. Yes, we should. But it, to me, that would be a little bit unsustainable. What we need to find is the formula what? that brings both I, in. IRC, you know, wasn't, that's I, the, hang on. IRC wasn't unsustainable. No, no, I, IRC. IRC is not the World Rally Championship, Colin. It's not. You know, it's two or three levels way below WRC. You know, the events weren't the same. It's just not at the same level. And WRC, it is a World Rally Championship. It is the FIA's second most important category. It needs manufacturer input. It does. And what we need is the is that perfect scenario that needs to be in place where we can bring in privateers teams and we can bring in manufacturers and perhaps like you say uh colin and george the way to do that is with an r5 car but then george if we put a a bigger restrictor and we running a 400 brake horsepower r5 car those engines aren't going to last those engines we need yes they are they they, but they've done the work on this they've looked into it and they've okay there is self-interest there the engines the internal components used in those standard engines won't withstand 400 horsepower. So this is it, why they've come. It, this is why they've ended up with the, it, with, the global with race engine. Is because they can use two of those GRE engines, those those bespoke engines. They can use two of those in a year, make two of them last. Whereas they tell me they would need four or five or six um, rally two or what we used to call R5 well, engines. I mean, I, I, I know I know a little bit more about the Proton than I know about the other cars. And mm. so I can't I can't speak for them all. But, you know, if, I, if an engine has a weakness, you know, if the crankshaft isn't strong enough, OK, so make a steel crankshaft. It's not going to cost you £50,000 to make a steel no, crankshaft. Yeah, you know, if, you, if you've got a yeah. problem with a with a block being not, not being strong enough, you can get Strengthen blocks it. made. You can get a block machined from solid cheaply enough it's not it's not fifty thousand pounds a block either honestly speaking these are all problems that we can actually overcome now i'm not maybe i'm maybe i'm slightly wrong and i'm prepared to actually concede that i don't have a full picture so you know i'm I'm not sitting here stating this is how it's got to be i'm just saying i think now is the time i think the world is going to be in a little bit of a tough place 
And yeah, I think I think the screws will be on. Now, and, can and I... I don't think we can sustain these high costs. And the other thing is, I don't hang think on, we hang should on. be can cutting the jump... events down to two days because can the I, organisers can I jump can't in, sustain George? a two-day event. No. Can I jump in? No, well, I'm, you see, I'm having a rant. <laughs> I, I, it's a very good Go rant. Ahead. It's a very good rant, but you're going to be able to pick up on what I say because I think all of you are being very naive and you're being very idealistic. Now, it is great because we are living in the world of peace and love at the moment and everybody's being nice to each other. But what is high-level motorsports about? Is it about everybody enjoying somebody competing against someone else or is it about it's about selling cars and it's about making money um however much we would like to revise that but by the same token you are right that perhaps manufacturers realize that they are going to have to sell cars that people want to have and people want to afford to have they want to maybe feel that they are being more sustainable um, in the current prices, the manufacturers, I think, aren't necessarily listening to what people are now beginning to want. So if you then stick a rally championship in and you're still trying to sell cars that people don't necessarily want, this is where you've got that fantastic divide. Because you're right, George, it is time That's to have a complete reason. rethink about yeah. it. But by turning around and making a car that is a budget, not necessarily a budget car, but a, but a cheaper car on the rally side of things, you're still going to have innovation and innovation totally. has totally. value. Works, works and rally it, uh, but cars it, will still be the best and still the fastest. But, 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 they, but they still have expensive parts because you can sell them for that because they're yeah. unique and they've, they've been innovated. So the costs aren't really going to come down, are they? They, they will they will come down significantly, Lisa. The, the, the way that the current cars are developed is, is fabulous. Uh, uh, incredible, incredible technology in it. But honestly speaking, I, I, I don't think it's a sustainable uh, pace that we can hold. And the, and the I, fact I, is that rallying, rallying has lost something over the last 25, 30 years, gradually, gradually. Uh, we've lost the ability for a privateer to come in, uh, a good privateer to come in and compete against uh, top drivers. You know, and, and I mean, even Why do we current, need that, yeah. George? Why do, Why we, do need we need that? that? Well, I think Formula that was one of the. That? that was one of the. We, we we don't absolutely need it, but it's one of the unique things about rally. You know, as you, you've already said, it's the second top formula that that right. uh, FIA do. The fact is that you and I can decide to go off and do uh, Swedish rally or New Zealand rally, and we can compete mm. against those guys, albeit maybe just in our you know our thirteen hundred Vauxhall Nova or whatever Jeez. we happen to have. And it's a unique thing, but wouldn't it be great? A, a really good driver like Ot Tanak coming along or and, and he can actually buy a factory replica car. That used to be the case in rallying. I'm not saying going back to the old days, but I'm not suggesting something unprecedented. No, no, Josh, Josh. Rallying but David, used to be David, a lot more cost effective. David, you've got, you've got a very short memory, my friend. You know, when you say why... I was playing, again, devil's advocate there. <laughs> what, what, oh, thank goodness, I do, I do agree. I was only joking. Don't inject, don't inject disinfectant. <laughs> sarcastic. I was being cynical. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, I was, yeah, I, yeah. I was going to take us back to when we had just Citroen and M Sport in the championship, and the championship was propped up by the privateers from Abu Dhabi, from Qatar, from Saudi yeah, Arabia, absolutely because, from South because America, it was more from affordable. Argentina, it, it, you know, the Munchies team. It was affordable, The Stobart's yeah. team. The championship was yeah. a championship and didn't yeah. have just four cars in it because the privateers were there. They were able to compete. It was affordable so, for we, them. It, we've lost all can, of that, and that is not a good thing. It will only get worse. I can, yeah. I can tell you that, that we would get a lot more entries in championships if we went back to but, more but, or less but, what but, I've but, suggested. But the other big thing, the other big thing is that we don't have now 
the opportunity for uh, drivers from particular countries. You know, we would go to Australia. We would get Australian drivers in World Rally Cars. We would go to Argentina. We'd get two or three New Zealand, Possum Bourne. New Zealand, Possum Bourne. We would go to Mexico and we would occasionally see Mexican. Did we ever see a Mexican? Legato. Uh, well, Legato in Argentina. That, that now is just not possible. We just don't see it. And I think that's something I think, that should you know, be... It is sad. It, it is, but time moves on. Uh, but I think actually I agree completely with what Georgia said and, and what you said, you know, I, I look at things from, you know, I'm talking to the manufacturers all the time and they're telling me that, you know, the engine modifications that, you know, a different crank, a different head that George talks about, you know, the development costs of those are, are huge. They're, patently, they're not. They don't have to be. Um, and a sensible set of regulations would bring everything right back down to a potential Rally 2 or R5 level. You then have the the point that the drivers won't want to drive these cars, so fine, don't drive them. You know, it's up to them. Uh, I suspect if you're, you know, these drivers are all well paid, uh, and they would all actually take the keys and drive one because they're, they're it's their job. Uh, so I I agree fundamentally that we we need to, and I think George's point is absolutely right. Yeah. Um, that in this current climate, we perhaps need to look at things. What concerns me deeply is that we are a very, 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 very long way down the road to 2022 regulations. Now, are we too far down the road to stop? And, you know, this is a proper U-turn now um, because they've decided that they're going to use the global race engine uh, to come back and to use something um, much cheaper, essentially to take that Rally 2 car. I I don't know. I I can only imagine that actually we're not too far down the road at all. Mm. You know, Tommy Mackinnon built a new Rally car in nine months. Mm. Everything is possible. Anything, um, and, and in this current climate, everything is possible and necessarily so. I just want to just slightly shuffle this on a little bit because we are talking um, also about the fact, you mentioned this, Colin, that you feel that there hasn't been much communication coming out of the WRC and about how things are going to progress for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I understand how difficult it is, Lisa. It's very, very difficult to to communicate anything solid and anything firm just now because it's such... Uh, a moving feast, isn't it, with, with, with dates and with restrictions and all the rest that we're all living under just now. But you know what? I, I just wonder. It's, it's, I don't know if you've found it, David, but it, it seems to me that we're not hearing anything. You know, fair play to the FIA and to Yves Maton. He has been uh, very open and, and very available to answer questions. But in terms of WRC, I'm not hearing anything. I'm really not hearing anything. We've got rally. The next rally on the calendar should be uh, rally the Safari Rally in Kenya. Um, now, should we be booking yeah. tickets to Kenya, or shouldn't we be booking tickets? We're not hearing anything. And okay, you might argue that you're the likes of Formula One and uh, Liberty Media. You know, they've said things that, that, that seem quite ludicrous on the face of it. So maybe it is better <laughs> to say nothing at all in these difficult times. But you know, rally fans, and as a rally fan, you want a bit of reassurance that things are being done, that people are talking, that scenarios are being looked at. And you worry when you hear nothing. You're absolutely right there, Colin. You know, you talk to some of the privateer teams um, in in the service park, and I've spoken to an awful lot of them in the the last few weeks. They feel exactly the same. They feel unloved. They feel left alone. They feel that they're in the dark completely. Um, I just want to whiz back to one point that I was going to make least just before on the final bit of the car no no it's fine on the cars um 
if you want the World Rally Champion Oit Tanax take on these, then go to dirtfish.com because he talks very, very sensibly about what he wants. Uh, and, and the ultimate line from him is that, you know, he we need to keep the budgets low rather than having fancy cars, which is exactly right. He then actually goes on to say he wants all of the fancy bits in the cars, <laughs> but he just wants them cheaper. Um, but it's it's a point worth making. So, Colt, you're exactly right. You know, there, we, are, we are all in the dark. And, you know, what do you do about Safari? It's not going to happen. You know, I know there are people in Kenya who think I, I've got something against this rally. I absolutely love the Safari rally. It's one of my favorite events. I've been there many times. I would absolutely be, I'd just love to be packing my bag to go to Kenya. It's an adventure every time. I, and I'm bored of saying this, but we're not going. Common sense dictates we will not be in Africa in June or July. I can't remember which it is now. I've written it a hundred times. I can't remember. July. We're not going to safari. Yeah. July. So, and you know, I've written this in a column this week that why can't somebody grasp the nettle and say we're not going because the FIA won't say it, the promoter won't say it. The rally organizer won't say it. For a long, long time, we we went around this. We went around this whole point and we said, at some point, somebody's got to say it because if they don't, we'll leave it to the rally organizer and the rally organizer, turkeys will not vote for Christmas. The organizer will not say, my event's cancelled. We need somebody to stand up and say, no, round seven of the WRC is postponed, cancelled, whatever. Right now, we're in an absolute vacuum. You know, nobody really knows anything to say. Finally, we got some some work David, from Portugal. What what rally do you think Malcolm Wilson's preparing his M Sport team for? He, he's, not. he's not. He's not. <laughs> I spoke to Malcolm last week, and he said, you know, we have stopped because we do not know what we're going to be building our cars for. I spoke to Tom Fowler at Toyota. He said, we've got some bespoke parts for Africa. We're looking. You know, we're starting to put those into production now. It's costing the teams money to prepare parts for a car that they're never going to use David, this do you know what worries me? Absolute... Do you know what worries me more about what you've just said than anything? You know, what you said about no one, you know, Turkey's voting for Christmas. No one's prepared to actually say this event is off. You know, this was all debated after the Formula One debacle in Melbourne and then the situation that we found ourselves in in Mexico. And we talk, in Sweden. And Sweden as well. It's, we talk, we talk. In Sweden, Cole. And, and, and has nothing been learned from these near disasters? I, has nothing been learned? Has I don't think anything listening? can be learned. At the minute, nobody's prepared to learn well, because... No, but David, I, I don't think agree with that. Point, George, I'll, I'll just make my point just now. Now is the best time. We're seeing the FIA making, uh, you know, setting new rules, new regulations, giving themselves new powers. Now is the time to say No. You know, we unilaterally are deciding that this is how we will deal with these situations. Now but, is the time because it's acceptable. The, the, FAA, go on. The, the FAA doesn't have the power to say the safari rally is postponed. It has the power, as far as I can understand, to say round seven of the WRC is postponed. The promoter has the power to say safari rally round seven, you crack on ahead. We're not bringing our cameras. We're not bringing any of our promotion. We're not coming. The teams have the ability to say we're not coming and almost, you know, from what I can understand, the manufacturers have agreed they're not going. Um, but the, the the potential for the for the FIA or the promoter to stand up and say no has massive financial implications, uh, contractual implications that they're not. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, 
it's not happening. Uh, I agree 100% that this year has brought us to a place that we never expected to be. You know, the very fact that there is no regulation that dictates what to do if you get three rounds in and everything stops. We've we've got no idea. This is uncharted territory. So if it is uncharted, we need to chart it. And and we need to chart it now. And and we need somebody to step forward and say, all of those sporting regulations from 2020, here's a bunch of, of, of new ones, and this is where we're going, and this is what we're doing. But the biggest problem that we face is, like George said earlier, we have got no idea when this stops. That's difficult. There's a problem. <laughs> There's a gap for you there, George. It is. It's a gap for me. Thank you very much. I'll just uh, I'll, look. I've already I've already uh, signed my own death certificate. I'll never get another <laughs> coffee in a motorhome. Uh, Tommy might still speak to me. Malcolm might still speak to me because I think I think that R five proposal would 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 work in favour of a team that is prepared to run you know multiple multiple sub teams within it. So I think this I think commercially it's, it's all viable and. You know what, rally rally's very versatile. We've gone through many changes. A lot of them have just been insidious, small changes. The world rally car was 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 vaunted as a great idea. I'm not quite sure it was. But, it, it certainly but, gave us some gorgeous looking cars, but ultimately it George, put the price up massively. George, just to add weight to that exact point that you've just made there, is the WRC not in this constant boom and bust? You know, we went from Group Four to Group B. We lost Group B because yeah. for you know it became too expensive and it became too mad. We went to Group A. Group yes. A, brilliant, built up, built up. We went to World Rally Car, bust again. We came back down. We went into the two-litre formula, built it, built it, built it, brilliant, bust. We went down into the 1600. We're coming up again. It's, it, you know, at some point, we need to make, you know, the point that you made, we need to make the sport affordable. Um, and yeah. right now, in this current climate, it ain't. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about it being, you know, affordable in the sense that, you know, you can literally just go and buy a car in a showroom and go and rally. I'm talking no, for about manufacturers. special rally cars. He, he's, he's yeah, and, and for manufacturers, rather than having to spend £50 million a year or €50 million Euros a year, maybe we could get it down to €20 million Euros or €25 million Euros a year. So, you know, yeah. I'm not counting driver fees in this, of course, because they're worth millions. Well, here's, here's the other thing, gentlemen, and if we, we move on slightly to yeah. the second point we were going to make... Okay. And lady? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Lisa, I'm very sorry. How, and how appropriate <laughs> that you make that point. Because I... Yes. Colin, you're going up in front of HR for <laughs> that one, mate. That's all over for you. Just take yourself off. Take yourself away. We'll continue without you because it's all over. He might be able it's to redeem over. himself. I've got, I've got to sit Twitter on the... apologies and everything. It's going to be no. the full prostrate yourself on the I'll ground. sit on the naughty <laughs> step. I'll sit on the very naughty Catholic. step for the yeah. next programme. No, but, but the point, the point that's uh, leading on from what you're saying about you know, looking for efficiencies, looking to make things more affordable. Uh, you know, that, that, that's clearly something that every sport is going to be looking at, every form of motorsport. Because what everyone knows, what every promoter knows, what every event organiser knows, is that money will be tight. And you know, not just manufacturers, but sponsors will be looking for value for money. They'll be looking for justification for putting their money into your series. Now, you have a look at the E-Extreme proposal, and you have a look at... Extreme, ext- extreme E. Extreme E, E-Extreme, Extreme E, whatever it's called. <laughs> you have a closer look. I'll have a closer look. <laughs> <laughs> so the Extreme E proposal, for me it's an interesting one because you know, it ticks so many boxes as a manufacturer, as a sponsor, 
It's got environment. Can you give us a pricey, Colin, for those who haven't well, got an idea what you're talking about? So Extreme E is, is, is a brand new concept. It's a brand new concept. Uh, it has an environmental aspect to it. It has clearly electric vehicles that they're running, prepared to run for the, the start of the 2021 season, which will be the first season. Uh, they're going to some quite interesting areas around the world that have been heavily environmentally impacted. I can... I can tell you those. We've got uh, January will be Senegal, Dakar, so Senegal. Uh, March, Saudi Arabia. May would be Nepal. August, Greenland. And in the end of October, Brazil. And the other thing that, that's tickled me is the fact that the teams, the scientists and all the equipment is going to be put on the RMS St. Helena ship. Um, and I suspect there'll be some kind of reality TV show following them around the world. Can you imagine? <laughs> just brilliant but, but, but so, oh no yeah but so so it does but the thing is if, if you were to come up with the perfect formula for motorsport post-covid you know where we know that money is going to be tight where we know that you have to be getting money from whichever budgets you can raid uh you know the extreme e nearly said the extreme again extreme e it ticks <laughs> so many boxes you know the the Development costs for manufacturers wanting to get involved aren't enormous because all the development's been done. You put your, your shell onto their frame effectively. Uh, you know, you've got the environmental credentials. So if you're looking at social and corporate responsibility, that box is ticked as well. If you're looking for equality, well, they've just announced today that each car has to have a male and female driver. That box is ticked. If you're looking at sustainability, and actually addressing environmental issues. Well, as you mentioned, Lisa, they're going to places that have suffered environmental damage and they're looking at ways, they're taking scientists along with them to, to look at ways of leaving an environmentally friendly legacy. There is so much that you're on the face of it to sponsors, to manufacturers, is good about Extreme E. It, then all it means for our sport, for rallying, is that there's increased pressure. We're under more pressure. Because we aren't offering uh, anything like those amount of... Yeah, I mean, it's, it is politically correct. Some people would say nonsense. But it's not. It's a reality in, in what is going to be a massively competitive environment going forward. And we have to look at these things and, and think, well, what are we doing? And the other, um, the other uh, big thing to, to mention on that as well, Colin, is the fact that the BBC is going to be streaming it, um, uh, yeah. streaming Extreme E... Um, so the BBC will be giving it prominence. And Absolutely. if you know what, it's happening guys, in the BBC, the, then elsewhere around the, the world, I suspect that it, it's going to get a leg up from the way that at the moment rallying, you uh -huh. still have to pay to view. If they, if they, get, if they get the tracks right, 6.2 kilometre lap, if they, get, if they get those tracks right, if they're fast, if they're high speed with big open hairpins, and I'm looking at a photograph of somebody testing a car, it looks, it looks to be spectacular because it'll be high speed super high speed, down into an open hairpin. It, it is going to be a spectacle. If they get that bit right, it'll work. All the other little bits of window dressing and niceties they put in to make it work, fine, whatever you need to do. I'm a motorsport purist, but, uh, but I also am a realist. And, and if, if that's what we need to make it work, make it work. It could be good, but... Look, we're, we're, op we're open to it, but Rally has to. Rally's going to have to make a change. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I think you're right. We might as well embrace it. That's you know, it's my time, point. It's time yeah. to jump in. Yeah. Jump in, get you're in there, just grasp the nettle and get it done. Yeah. You're Honestly. absolutely right. Absolutely. The the one thing I would I would take a little bit of exception to there, Colt, is is the fact that you know 
your I don't know if it's a suggestion that we're not in rallying an equal opportunities employer. We are, you know, women. There is no barrier no. at all to women competing, and you know, you look at the FAs, the, the Rally Star Initiative that they've got coming. Uh, you know, lady drivers are a, a woman. What are we? What woman, lady, girl? Female. What is? I don't, I, I don't exactly know, know what. Female, Maybe. female drivers. Not, really? Sorry, Lise. You might want to scratch that last bit. Ooh. Hang on, we're, we're, we're no longer we're no longer a two-gender society, are we? Well, we're not exactly. Yeah. Well, we're, we're living just, in a, we're living in the unreal world of uh, multiple uh, fictitious g- genders. Yeah, but clearly the FIA is a little bit behind because we'll, we'll it hasn't we'll taken. It well. But David, it hasn't so yeah, women, taken women. That yeah, you don't want to leave that women. one. Just say women. <laughs> David, I, I, <laughs> but, was, I wasn't suggesting that we were that we were anything other than. Sorry, sorry, hang on, hang on, Colin. Sorry, hang Stop, on, Colin. Can you just let David say okay. women drivers? That bit. So, uh, women drivers in the FIA Rally Star Initiative that's coming are given a buy, aren't they? All the way through, you know, there's always going to be. Um, a space, a car, essentially a car or something available for, for women drivers to get all the way through into the final um, part of that procedure. Uh, so, you know, we are proactively going out and doing our bit to, to find yeah. the next female rally driver. The next Michelle Mouton. Yeah, and I, and I next, wasn't, I wasn't yeah. suggesting for one second that we weren't doing anything. But what, what Extreme E have done is they've gone further, as they have done in every aspect, you know, environmentally. Yeah. They have gone further. We've yeah. introduced hybrids. They've introduced full electrics, and they've introduced an full electric, full electric, yeah. and and uh, and also an environmental legacy project around each of their rounds. So they, they've gone way further. Mm. They've gone way further. And you know, okay, on the face of it, to some people, it might just seem politically correct nonsense, but it's politically correct reality in terms of the corporate, uh, the corporate world these days. It's it's what you have to do. To get the money, to get the manufacturers, and then hopefully to build some sort of program that works. It is, and there's no doubt. You know, Extreme E is one of the most exciting formulas to come to off-road competition in in years. You know, if if not ever, um, it, it really is the the way that they're embracing the future and everything is is fabulous, uh, and and it's great. And you know. I think we were we were both supposed to go down to the first driver test in the south of France a yeah. couple of weeks ago, Colin, and it would have been something that we would have looked forward to tremendously. Well, um, but you know, we'll just have to wait. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great initiative, great and championship. I, and that is us pretty much out of time because I know David, you have to go off and do another one of your spectacular interviews. If you want to get in touch with anything that we've been talking about on today's podcast, at Dirtfish Rally is the best place to go. Should George Donaldson hang his head in shame? Or do you think he's got a very good point about the fact that uh, the world of the World Rally Championship really needs to use this opportunity to have a shake-up. Uh, do you agree with Colin Clark's controversial comments? Get in touch at Dirtfish Rally. And David, perhaps you can tell us what else there is on the website that people should be checking that they might have missed. Uh, actually, far more important than that, Lisa, I would just like to make quite clear to all of our beautiful Belgian friends that I didn't know what I said. <laughs> no about, waffles for about... you. <laughs> now on the website there is plenty right now of course uh we've just come out of argentina week where we provided a huge amount of rally argentina content what we're doing at the moment uh is we're doing 95 live uh so we're kind of rerunning the 1995 season so the report for rally portugal 1995 has just gone up no, and no, this weekend it's the wrong wrong year 
Wrong year to choose. Uh, and the this, wrong year to use this that. weekend. I, I, I think the word this, tough applies to that, George. This oh, this, this weekend we'll have our tour de course report going up. Um, so oh, I won that one. That's okay. You can go there. <laughs> <laughs> so which season should it be, George? Um, uh, ninety nine. That was a good one. It was the last year of the old TT Toyota. I, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. But it's it's twenty five years on from Colin okay. McRae. All right. Fair enough. Okay. And we all love Colin McRae. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think I only did no. about eight, eight, seven or eight rounds that year because we weren't doing the full championship, but it was quite a good fun year, actually. I quite enjoyed it. We should do a special focus on uh, on 95 and Spain, really, shouldn't we? Well, You've fact, got we two minutes do. left before you have to speak yeah. to someone else online. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. I said, no. like I said, it's not 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 the best of not years the best year. Yeah. First year I was a team manager at Toyota, so that was uh, yeah, was, uh, second year slightly. How, but how did that go? Um, <laughs> it was it was, uh, it was it was you're all absolute bastards. You know <laughs> Just it's remind us of the actual principle of a restrictor, you. George. What does restrict it's mean? A restrictor, a, a restrictor is a means, is, is, is a device which teams, the most creative team will, will, will be the most innovative way of getting around it. In which case, Toyota, we won the championship. It was brilliant. Oh, the record books I, I, say otherwise. I have to say, I do wonder, and George, you will be able to illuminate this. And uh, Not now, mine, because you've got less than very, a minute before the interview I know, you're very doing. quickly, very quickly. Uh, just... And now I, I just did the whole Portugal report thing. And in Portugal, you'll remember, George, that suddenly Carlos Didier Armin found a little bit more pace from the <laughs> from the Salikas and they couldn't work out. And I remember there was a great interview with, with Kankanen saying, where do you think this power is coming from? And he looked completely bemused and said, I, I don't know. And then he flexed his muscle and pointed to his right bicep and said, maybe it's here. Uh, and I remember this was a running theme all the way through the year until it became quite obvious. But... Not for now, but at some point you need to tell us more about when you think it started well, to be developed. I can, I can tell you, I can tell you quite a few stories about that, but most of them we couldn't actually publish because people would just actually put put um, put a contract out on me uh, and some some of the other teams as well. To be honest, so so I, I can't. But I can tell you that there was there was uh, there was absolutely no cheats on that Toyota until much 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 later in the year. Okay. So in Portugal, it was still... It was Portugal, that car was 100% legal. Or yeah. as legal as... I, I say, I'll tell you what, as legal as, as, legal all, as, the other, as, legal as all the other teams. <laughs> yeah. Oh, love it. Yeah. Love it. There Absolutely. Right, that, that is definitely going to be a podcast in its own right. So uh, we'll no, have to no, come no, back no, for no, that. No, no, no. You definitely. only get little bites out of me. No, you'll not get it. I'll, I'll, I won't partake. You'll get little bites out of me like that. That's the best you get out of me. Unless... unless uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait for something that I'm going to call... The price is right, and then I'll spill the beans. You don't get that one for free. <laughs> okay, well, that's what George says now, but you better come back next time to spin the rally pod to find out if he's a man of his word. Uh, it's been another very enjoyable 45 minutes with you guys. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks Lee. Thank you, Lisa.